Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Boss Rush Podcast. I am your host, Parasite Eddie. I'm in live with you guys. And joining me on this wonderful episode is the Phantom Beats, Mr. Jesse Douglas. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> and of course, the Fatalis Fatality, Mr. Laron Douglas. Hey, everybody. Uh, had you had you got a chance to fight him? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I've 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 just been I've been labbing it because I need to learn like it, it, the monster has phases and odd stuff, uh, which is which is not a new thing to Monster Hunter, but it's a new thing for that particular monster because uh, because the the last few times that he's been in a Monster Hunter game, it's been kind of straightforward. Uh, so so this this new incarnation of him is is actually one that. Monster Hunter World just did this thing where, like, every returning monster from previous games has felt like fresh and new and 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 kind of unique. Like, they still have like their their core values of what they were from previous games, but everything about it now is just, everything about it now just is like it's like, man, this is, this wasn't what I expected for this battle. It's so so awesome. Did you see the uh, Monster Hunter Rise with the bird doing the dragon punch? <laughs> I was like, oh, this game <laughs> is going to be. I hadn't, seen, in the I, I hadn't I hadn't seen that, but that's 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 core Capcom right there. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, the clip came out this week, and me and another Twitter friend were talking about it. We're just like, yeah, we're gonna have to sync up. I've been, I've been, I've been not. I've been seeing. I've been picking and choosing the news I see for the game because I want to. I want to be as pleasantly surprised as possible. Like I've I've been doing that for a while, where I don't um, where I don't actually like look at every every news drop that comes out from Monster Hunter games. Like I, I'll do it. I'll do it for other games, but I try to do it for every news drop that comes out from Monster Hunter games because I want to be. I want to go on as blind as possible, especially when like we're. The next Monster Hunter Monster Hunter World will technically be the sixth. The sixth. The, the numbered six game in the series. Monster Hunter World right now is the fifth numbered game. They're moving away from the numbered games because because of this transition with hardware and technology and stuff like that. So yeah. Monster Hunter Monster Hunter World Two or whatever they decide to call it will be the sixth generation of, of, of the series. Wow. And uh, and and I want to say around after Monster Hunter Try, which is the third generation of the series, after that. I stopped trying to look at every possible thing because Monster Hunter Tri left a bad taste in my mouth, and I was like, you know what? I need I need something different so it doesn't so I don't get jaded as fast. Ah, and of course Jesse been dropping them hot beats and uh, I do <laughs> it like like. So, Leron, I've been telling Jesse because he's been dropping letting me hear stuff and asking me questions and uh, I think you had two of them out, Jesse. One of them I know. You have, you yeah, have one of them. Oh, yeah, one. Yeah, one of them is is yeah isn't quite finished. I haven't gotten yeah. back to it because I kind of started. Because a lot of times I'll like start something and then not uh-huh. finish it, and but then I'm feeling like I like I want to make something new and kind yes. of step away from the first one so I can, you know, like just kind of let it let it sit and and. You know, and see see if the, I come up with something else that I want to do to it. Yeah, because a lot app- of the times, game the songs, <laughs> I'll like, I'll just keep on changing it if if I don't just like get to a point where I want to. Because f- would you let me listen to the album track? Um, it's in the process. I I couldn't say nothing, and you know, if I can't say nothing, and just all I can tell you is just create, just create, because like yeah. the. 
Like that track you sent me was so on fire. I really do. I literally wanted to bang it in my car. And I'm just like, this is too short of a track and I can't do this just yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it was literally on oh it was popping. And then the eight bit one, uh, I was just like, Okay, you got to yeah, go ahead and work on what you're working on. We could change yeah. a little bit of this, but the the track is hot, dude. You've been yeah. banging some hot. You you continue to bang some hot tracks, and I just can't over. It. So I got to give you, I got to give you some your props. I got to give you a little yeah, bit of praise because your your track this bang, dude. You literally be been in the lab. Oh, you cut out a. You, your your mic cut out. Oh, I was just like, I and literally want. Uh, Laron d- disappeared on my screen. I don't know if he. Yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, you just. Yeah, oh, sorry. There. Sorry about that. I had a. I had. I had a guest. Oh. oh okay. All right. <laughs> I, I literally was just like, I just want to go up to Appleton and just kick with Jesse for a day or two and just like make tracks and just listen. I mean, we'll go out to eat first. Um, but yeah. Uh, but everybody, uh, that's just, uh, you know, just showing love and um, yeah. getting the intro because this is episode 66 of the Boss Rush podcast where you guys can find us um, at Boss Rush. Uh, you know, guys know the days. Uh, each and every week, we come together to talk about games and everything we love about them with our friends. You can join us live on Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash live and be a part of the, the conversation. But if you can't join us live, no big deal. You can head over to youtube.com slash boshrushgames and boshrushgames.com to watch the shows or listen on your podcast service of choice. We merge to subscribe, follow, rate, and review wherever you consume us. It helps us out with discoverability and check out our family shows wherever you listen to your podcast so just want to give you guys a quick rundown you guys can check out arsenal x for this week um the guys talk about the uh some of their favorite uh xbox one launch games um that were on it so do check that out you also could check out nintendo power block with me celeste and corey we do a good talk about snacks. Uh, I will be making uh, my slow cook sloppy joes this coming Monday. So if you guys <laughs> want to tune in live uh, to hear how that goes. Uh, I'm so excited. Um, uh, Tuesday uh, was Crossroads, um, and they did their top four favorite games of PlayStation. Um, their top ten, I think ten out of ten, like their top four. Our perfect, our perfect tens. Yes, so do uh, check that out. I'm still trying to get on the podcast. And, I, I can't wait. <laughs> and, bet- and between the four of us, and between the four of us, we walked away one bonafide. If we declared one game the perfect ten for the entire life cycle of PlayStation Four. Yes, and check out I, the po- check out the podcast if, to hear the result. Can and can I say like for our like for Arsenal X? Um, man, I'm still trying to. I, I apologize. I want everybody to Corey. I didn't get his the full list of it when we was talking yesterday. So my apology. I really want to go back because I've been trying to go back to see what what first party games I'm missing for Xbox and for PlayStation. Um, I know for Xbox 
um, is Grounded, Wasteland 3, and I think there's another one. I think I got most of PlayStation, but I think I'm missing some. The VR stuff, I'm not counting. I want to make sure that I got everything for this generation because I'm still doing my Nintendo stuff, and I want to play them and beat them. Um, I told Jesse, LaRon, that Call of Duty, I'm delaying to uh, December, so I'm not going to get it when it comes out. Um, oh, but uh, I'm ex- Black, uh, oh, oh, Black Ops Cold War? Yeah, um, because I, because the cyberpunk and Hyrule Age of Empire, not Age of Empire, oh whatever, Age of I, whatever, whatever. We already know in the chat that you're disragging cy- cyberpunk, so don't even don't even try I'm it. I'm not disragging it. <laughs> I invite. See everybody, I lo- I love you, Laurent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but I'm excited for you, Jesse, if they're picking it up on Series X. Um, yeah, because I, because the medium doesn't come out until December, so right. And I was gonna I was gonna hit you up to get your thoughts on it, but I think that kind of works for both of us. Um, because yeah. I if I yeah, get I, if I, oh go ahead. yeah, because with yeah with Cyberpunk and 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 you know and and Call of Duty and stuff coming out, like I'm yeah, I that's fine with me. There's that's the thing. I'm gonna, you know, like we we gotta. Everyone's gotta remember too that that's getting an Xbox. There's so many games that we're gonna want to go back to and mm-hmm. see how they perform and yeah, you know, and yeah. just like you know that first couple of months is honestly gonna be just like trying it's like, to it's like trying a to take it phase. in. It's yeah, like a rediscovery yeah. phase. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't game on PC so. And, you know, and, and even then, I know PC, you know, loading speeds and stuff are quick and all that, but, like, with the quick resume and all those kinds of other features that, that still are kind of, like, brand new, you know, like, it's, there's just going to be a lot of, you know, like, really, honestly, that's the thing, is, like, for me, it's it's about the tech and, like, like the consoles kind of somewhat being a little bit more caught up than they've been in mm-hmm. the past, you know? Yeah, because yeah, because I think I'm probably because I know Series X is probably going to be sold out for a while. I think Series X and PlayStation Five probably going to be sold out for a bit for November if they could restock it. So I think by the time December or even January, I can even wait to January. The medium I am going to buy. Hey, hey, can can I can I say Sony and Microsoft are going to go on their own little crunch to get these systems (laughs) out. Or holiday, yeah, yeah, like we've heard in the past where they like throw a whole bunch of them on a plane, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see. Hey, that. the planes aren't being used any any way else, I, barely. So yeah, yeah, somebody somebody's gonna get some work. Some air, some airlines or somebody's gonna get some work. Hey, yeah, for yeah, some I, seats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna strap each Xbox in a in a seat and. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, just, on a, just don't you imagine just, just getting on a plane and just, like, just oh. don't put them on the Boeing Max uh, Max planes and you'd be all right. <laughs> can you just can you just figure just walking through a plane, looking around, be like, oh, here's my seat. What the world is this Xbox in the sh- <laughs> and the PlayStation? Oh wow. Uh, Jesse, you won today already. I can't. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, he'll, yeah. hey, he'll solve an employment crisis. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is very true. Uh, so, everybody, we're going to get into our gaming get down of things that we've been playing. I'm actually going to start first. Um, I've been playing more of Dead Space. I am on Chapter 5 um, <laughs> at this time. I am... 
Okay, so on Crossroads, I I made a comment that um, the shooting part feels like an insomniac game, like Ratchet and Clank. And it was when you're shooting the meteors and everything. Oh, and, yeah. And, okay. Oh, okay, that's the meteor part. Though. Is the that ADS, the meteor part the you ADS, were talking about? Okay, I thought, I thought you were talking about the part where you're walking on the outside of the ship. Well, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I was able to get I was able to get through that part. That part was easy. Yeah, yeah. To think and shooting it, and I and I'm just like, okay, on both sides you got the ammo. Why why not just let me continue to auto shoot? Why stop the shooting? Because the thing about it is the asteroids they were coming, and you got to try to balance it out. But they but it takes off so much energy, and when you're trying to move the thing to hit it. It's mm-hmm. too slow, and the midwright has already hit you. So trying to go back and do it, it was just like you don't have really. Ha- I had to do the thing about five or six times to get it done. And when I talk, when I meet Insomniac Red and Ratchet and Clank, some of the levels they have that where you're shooting different things or bombs that's coming to you for mm-hmm. it. And the, those shooting sections are so long, and then when you have it, when you have it where they stop you from shooting. So mm-hmm. you could like load back up or it could cool down to shoot again. It makes yeah. it frustrating when it makes it frustrating <laughs> when you're trying to hit multiple things and they take off a lot of chunk of your energy. But I was able yeah. to pass, I was able to pass it. So I was just like, this is I hate when games <laughs> I just hate when games do this. Yeah, they they definitely tried to make that a little bit more difficult than it had yeah. to be. Like yeah. I, I I I agree, but yeah, it's yeah, cause that that it is like I I figured that was the part you were talking about, you mm-hmm. know, like most of the time. But I was like, well, I wonder if he's if he's talking about that part or because I, I was sure it was that because that was definitely a, you know was a frustrating part. I I don't know how many times it took me to beat the first time I played it, but I think last time when I streamed it, I think it took me like two or three times. But but yeah, there I think and I think you have to do that. Tw- no, you only do it once, or is it twice? It's twice. I forget. It's- okay. Yeah. Oh, so I have to do it at another part later on. In I the think game. I think so. Yeah. I think so. At towards the end. Maybe. Hey, but, hey, but here's but here's one thing I will say because yeah, hooray for manufactured difficulty. Like you know, like yeah, like that, like they they put that in there and that mechanic in there just to make it more difficult. But just imagine if while Isaac's shooting, he has to get up from that cannon and, and fend off necromorphs while he's trying to keep the ship from getting battered. Yeah, <laughs> it could have yeah. always been worse. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I. It's, but I, you know, like it's, it's, that's one of those things that that game does, especially when they flip, like when you get grabbed by the tentacle, you know, thing and, and, and you, and your, your, your sense of direction is all, gets all messed up, man. Those parts are just like, ah, thank God for that (laughs) flamethrower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, and I was tr- I would try to use the regular like pistol, like the mm-hmm. first one, the little line gun, the plasma cutter. Yeah, the plasma cutter. Like, can we can we just speak about that for a second? Like, yeah, go ahead. are yeah. the plasma cutters and stuff the rail gun not like the best gun ever? Oh made yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, okay, <laughs> I freaking so, love when you so, cut things in half, and it's just like so. Jesse, <laughs> it's so Jesse, amazing. The, the, 
Laurent talked talk about that because uh, he was just like, when Laurent said God. when he first played it, it took him a while, but he upgraded the uh, cutter. And you said you read through it like within two hours. Dude, it has saved my life many a time. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I when, I found out, when I found out there was an achievement and a trophy called the One Gun Trophy, and yes. basically it was you run through the entire game using only the plasma cutter. That's when okay. I realized the plasma cutter is OP. If you get it, if you get it uh, noted all the way out, yep. mm-hmm. and and as soon as I like I said, my first run, my first run to Dead Space, I was playing around and um and I was messing around with all the weapons. Like I had I had set I had set weapons that I that I liked, uh, mm-hmm. plasma cutter, the line the line racks, which was basically line, the big yeah. version the big version of the plasma yeah. cutter, yep. and then the um and then the 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 force the force gun, which basically is like a a shotgun basically, but yeah. it. Yeah, it, it has like uses force instead yeah. of an actual. Yeah, and then um, and then so I played with those weapons in my first run. Like I said, my first run, I think I I think I beat it in like four four nights because uh because I'm I'm slow and in games and game and and scary games do stress me out some. So I get to a point where you know you're playing like a, a dark thirty at night and stuff, and you know you got the sound on and everything, and it's like. And and you're getting tired of hearing anything scratching around in walls behind you through your surround sounds. Like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm putting this down for tonight <laughs> and stuff like that. So it took me it took me about four days, four days to beat it, four four nights to beat it. But after I found out about that, but after I found out about the trophy and the achievement, I was like, okay, I new game plus it. And I just every node I found I put into the plasma Dude, cutter. Uh, that's what I was gonna ask. Does the game have new game plus? It does. It does. Okay, so then yeah. I'll probably run it again. Because man. Talking about horror, and I always talk about Resident Evil 4 <laughs> with the garden, with the woods, and those tentacles. <laughs> that is the best jump scare moment of me. The tense moment is when uh, uh, Ashley's on the top of the rails, and you got to try to uh, defend her while still fighting uh, fighting the enemies. Uh, and if, they, if she get kidnapped, you got to try to like hit them and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a test battle, but that's Resident Evil Four. I know how Jesse you feel about it, so I won't talk more about that. <laughs> but yeah, de- I, I'm I'm enjoying this. Well, I like I like the story of that game kind of, but it's just it's just everything else around everything. Uh, that I I just didn't didn't get into. Yeah, but I I, I, I will say I still that... say if they remake that that game, I'll probably love it as long as they fix you know like have better controls like where you can actually move while you're Ooh. shooting. <laughs> And, and, yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna. You know, I think they're gonna pick up the Resident Evil two and three remake controls for Resident Evil four. They need to. If they did that, that would be, be amazing. And, and, because and everybody I, does. Everybody does. Everybody's bitched about all the ports of Resident Evil four since the GameCube version. Mm-hmm. Have said, why can't we move and shoot? There are games out now that we can move and shoot. And why can't? Th- yeah. I think. The, I think one of the reasons was that because. And this is my logic when I was first thinking of it is that most of the enemies in Resident Evil 4 are coming straight for you. You're not thinking of enemies on the side where Dead Space feels like it's so open that enemies could come anywhere. So you need the you need yeah. time to be able to move while still shooting. Yes, I give it to Dead Space. And, and Jesse, when we were talking about it, I started thinking about it after our conversation. I'm just like, okay, I understand what he is saying in this. Um, because if you like, if you 
that part where you're like in a town in the Resident Evil 4. I think before you get too close to where the farm is at, but all of those mm-hmm. enemies coming around, you need to move. And if you can move and shoot at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, it will work wonders. And that's where yeah. the Death Space idea came in to be like, okay, if Resident Evil 4 had this kind of section that's in Death Space, completely agree. If they if they do that in Resident Evil 4 remake, oh, of course well, of course it's Resident Evil 4. I'm gonna buy it anyway. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah. I'm I'm still I'm still going well, to go ahead. Well and I and I think I think though the controls in Resident Evil 4 work would have worked well if they were just the slow moving zombies. Mm-hmm. But they moved a little bit faster and they could mm-hmm. kind of come at you faster. And so that's where even Suckers the ability to just back up. Yeah, even just the ability to back up while you're shooting to, mm-hmm. like, move back as they're moving towards. You yeah. know, like, just, I, like, I think that's mostly what what I think it needed. But I think part of the problem, too, is, you know, like, remember, there, like, wasn't that made for... Like, for only having one joystick, basically, they didn't really, you know, they didn't build it around two, two joysticks, per se. So, and I think that's that's why, that's why you couldn't move while you were, while you were shooting, because they didn't really, they weren't making it with the idea of two analog sticks in mind. Yeah, it was, it, it, like I said, it was something new for Capcom, and it was kind of a new kind of gameplay idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't expect that, because like I said, that was when Resident Evil was going into a new direction. That was the second yeah. time it was going in a new direction, with Resident Evil 7 being the third going into that new you direction know, you know what would almost be kind of interesting is if they somehow like i think they could get the same sense of feeling that you had when playing resident evil 4 mm-hmm. if they what they did is you would do you would do your regular you know the the regular third person when you're running around and stuff but when yeah. you aim down sight it would it would go into first person almost Kind like, of almost, you know, have that sense of like you see them coming towards you, kind of thing. Like, like dude, I don't know. Like, I dude, think that would okay, be interesting so, if they did both. Okay, so I would drop my controller is is screen because when you're in the house with uh the other person and all the zombies are coming upstairs and downstairs and you got to try mm-hmm. to survive. I was yeah, because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I gotta keep running it and everything. Yeah, I can see that happen. Oh goodness, I'm not ready for that. Because <laughs> like you know, like some of the some of the third person games we have, you know, do that where where if you if you're looking down a like a scope, then yeah. it goes into first person. You know, yeah. but but only if you go into you know a scope. But like I think that would be yeah. interesting if they almost mixed mixed the. The Resident Evil Seven style with the 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 remake style, where you could kind of yes, like when you're looking down certain sites, like you or when you're looking down sight of the gun, it would just kind of really quick, and all you see is your hands holding the pistol in front of you. Like yeah. I think that would be kind of interesting if they did and, something like and, that. And definitely fitting for a PSVR or even if if it comes out for Series X and they got whenever they have VR for it. Yes, I think that that fright that frightening feeling that you get, but yet still somewhat feel like an action star. That would be yeah. amazing. 
that would literally be amazing. But that's basically what I'm just going to talk about. That's what I've been playing. Um, Laurent, what have you been getting down to? Um, well, I I made my triumphant return back to Monster Hunter because the final <laughs> DLC is out now, and uh, I've got to play the boss dragon that I haven't seen since Monster Hunter Four. So Fatalis is back. So that's that's where that's where a lot of my time has been spent. But I have been playing Hades like late at night on my Switch. <gasps> okay. Is it addictive? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> it, you, know, you, know, you know what's crazy? Um, I did not get it when it was on the Epic Store, the Epic Game Store, because of the fact that it was early development. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I, you, I don't typically mess with games like that. So when, it, so when they finally announced it was coming over to like the consoles and stuff, I was like, okay, it's no longer early access. It can't be. So, uh, so I picked it up. And I started. I, I already knew what it was. What it was like. It's basically a clone of Diablo. That's basically what it is. But um, what it shocked me about it was, you sit down, you start playing it, and it's one of those. It's one of those fight, die, repeat type games, which you know can get stale real fast. But they keep it unique and interesting because the because the labyrinth is always reconfiguring itself every time you start over. And so once I figured out, like the doors give you clues to what to what loot is in the next in the next room, yeah. I started taking advantage of that. I was like, "Oh, this this gives me a new weapon. Oh, this will get me money." Uh, and you know, <laughs> and so I've been having a lot of fun with it. And like I said, like it, it's it's a good it's a good time waster for like the last thirty five minutes at at night when I'm when I'm in bed in the dark. And I'm sitting can, here I, and- <laughs> can I tell you? I, that's the same thing I do. Besides yesterday, I was playing a little bit before I went to work. I'm just like. I don't know what it's about this game, but playing it at night before you go to bed is it, right. It, works. it just works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, Monster Hunter and um and Hades and um, I can't wait for I can't wait for Foregone on Tuesday. That's that's gonna be another. That's gonna be a time sucker for me. And somehow I gotta get that in because I'm getting ready to start. I'm getting ready to start my uh my my live my live Twitch stream of uh Dead Space. Yeah, tonight. Nice. Tonight. Uh, nice. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to run all three games by the by by the end of the month. Nice. Uh, look, I was going to start Mass Effect yesterday, and it's just like, oh yeah, let me start Mass Effect. You need the disc. I'm like, dang it, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm having uh, such a hard time coming. Like, I keep on like thinking of like a game that I want to play through next, and then uh, and then I a couple days later, I think of something else that I want to play through <laughs> next, and I like I keep on. What was the other game the other day? Because like I, I want to go through Dead Space two of two as well eventually. But I, um, there I don't know. Like I want to go. Oh, I wanted to because I, I haven't finished it yet. I wanna, I wanna finish um Outer Outer Worlds. I, I need yeah. to pick. I, I've got that on. I've got that on Game Pass, and I need to. I need yeah. to play that because it it caught my it caught my eye. But the problem is, like, I suck at first person shooter games. So, uh, it's a, so it's a good game for streaming though, because there's so much shenanigans in that game, and that's, like, yeah, yeah, it feels. Oh. It, it almost feels. It almost feels like it's basically. I don't want to say this in a negative way, but it feels like it's copying Borderlands's um Borderlands's uh, mechanics. For the most part, is it a looter shooter? Is it? Well, yeah, but well, it's it's more of it's more of um, Fallout. It's it's okay. Fallout. It's like, in my opinion, it's almost like Fallout mixed with um, uh-huh. Mass Effect. Oh yeah, 
in my Except opinion. in the first person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because well, I I have the game. Ahead. I have the game. I just it's just, it's just I kind of like a failure to launch thing. Like you know, I haven't committed myself to saying I'm going to play it just yet. I started a little bit of it, but I got to pop it in and, and work on it some more. Oh, I, um, though the greatest part about that game, like I just the first time I play it because I've started it like multiple times, made different <laughs> characters. Yeah, because the first time I played it, I I like I played this character like my my character that I made just kills anyone who he comes in contact with. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just great that you can just so I killed everyone and then all of a sudden the the whatever federation or whatever that you're working with yeah. they sent they sent um uh uh what's what's it called the like at your job the the people that um that you go to like if someone's harassing you or whatever uh oh, I can't think of it the people that you talk to if you got to make a complaint about like another employee or whatever um let's just call them hr (laughs) yeah hr yeah so they so they send someone from hr to come and talk to me because i was killing everyone and then i just straight up murdered him too (laughs) We we may have, we may have the book club the outer worlds next year. Oh my god, that game is just it's just something else, man. Uh, well, well, Jesse, let's hop into what have you been getting down to? Um, we're gonna get into the news. I I really unfortunately I'm still I'm almost done with it now. Like uh, finish trying to finish all the stuff for um for the season of Fortnite, Fortnite. because like what they have. Like I'm, I'm on, I'm on the last, I think, the last set of, um, of outfits for all the the uh, Marvel characters that you unlock this season. So like, it's everyone's outfit, but it's like, uh, like almost looks like a, like a silver, but but it changes. It's it's all rainbow colored. So like, uh, things like Groot. And, you know, who are all one solid color. He just looks like he's made out of, like, a silver, but that that's, like, rainbow colored. And then uh, the same with um, Dr. Doom and Wolverine, where he's just a solid, like, silver. He looks like he's a full silver character with, with uh, rainbow colors all over. Yeah, uh, and the outfits just look awesome. But um, also the the side like kind of hidden uh, outfit is you if you do all the the weekly challenges, um, you get you get uh, the Logan version of of uh, of Wolverine, where it's he's just wearing a, a tank top and and jeans or whatever. Um, so I'm trying to get everything done so I can hopefully unlock that that thing as well. Um, yeah, my nice. my son my son Max is actually he's gonna be the like one of the fish guys for uh, <laughs> for Halloween this year from Fortnite. So uh, I uh, I still uh, I got to get my yellow, my red dye. Um, and I'll probably get it at work today and um, to some uh, black stuff. Um, I, I, I am gonna go ask the black uh Ryu Hood uh, Hayabusa for uh um Boss Rush Halloween on the thirty first that episode. Um, cause I'm getting uh I'm getting the Mohawk 
uh, cut of uh, Lara, and I'm gonna die there. Oh, really? Here. Yeah, so you're gonna see the blood spatter, blood spatter like on my mask and stuff, and then a little bit of blood on my eye. Uh, so I might be doing some makeup special effects, and I'm gonna be the black Ryu who, uh, who your boss. Uh, my <laughs> my uh, specialty is destroying Karens and uh, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> and dumb nuts. So basically, so basically, you're just gonna harass people at work all day. Oh no, no, it's just gonna be for the show. I gotta take all of that off. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so one of our one of our associates took the Halloween day off, and so I gotta work that day. So I'm like, uh But uh but that's all you've been doing in Fortnite, uh Jesse? Um I did play I did play a little bit of um what else? There there's a couple of games that I just played a little bit of. I but the, yeah, but that was that was mostly it. Um, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't honestly, other than that, I haven't really been getting a chance to focus on doing much gaming lately. Jess, did you recommend a game that was free? That was on Xbox? Oh, yeah, yeah. Power Star, the Power Star Golf game. Is this still free? I, I, I believe it. I think they've actually turned it into a free to play game, like permanently. Okay. I think it's just a game on Xbox. that's just free to play. Free. I'm going I to download so. it. I'm going to download it tonight. It's fun. It's so much fun to play it, like with uh, friends. Like that was that was one of those games because it it's a newer version, but they did have another version of it. Mm-hmm. I think it was more more focused on um, mini golf last time or something like that. Uh-huh. But um, it was on the 360, and I and I used to play that a lot on 360 with friends. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to download it tonight, and uh, we'll find a day on when we're trying to play. And everybody, if you yeah, have Game Pass, fun. if you guys have Game Pass Ultimate on PC, Forza Motorsport Seven is free. I have downloaded the game. No, I like no, this. I think it's just free to play. Period. I oh, think no, it's no, just I was, free oh. to. Oh. oh no! I was talking about Forza Motorsport being on. Oh, game. Forza! Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's going to be that's uh that's up. If you guys have Game Pass for PC or Ultimate, is free to play there. I've downloaded it um for my Xbox One, and I really need to jump in and play. But we're going to get into the uh this mini talk uh mini boss talk uh because we're doing part two of the CD Project Red Crunch story. So everybody get your Nestle bar crunches. Uh, and I'm going to hand this part over to Laurent because he wasn't able to be on last week's show, but I want to hear thoughts about it. We have been talking about it. Uh, more info has came out and Jason Schreier has kind of been acting a little bit unprofessional. Let's just he's say act, he's, acting, he's acting a fool. Let's just put it that way. Uh, uh, right. But Laurent, what are your thoughts? Okay. Honestly, here's here's my thing about it. Uh, Jason Schreier, he's a wonderful source to like, get information about anything that's developing, you know, in the in the in the landscape of video games and in, in the in the industry. But honestly, like his level his level of journalism or reporting, as you can say, that's questionable in my in, in my honest opinion. And mm-hmm. is and and it's mainly because. It, it was already brought into question, but before this, but the whole CD Projekt Red thing with uh, with Cyberpunk 27 and the um, and the staff going under crunch, that just made me that finally made me realize that the guy he does that sensationalism journalism. Like if if uh, if we were to put him like in a regular news network, he probably would be a CNN reporter, in my opinion. Ooh, in my opinion, because let's okay, so let's 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 run through this real fast. Okay, 
Jason Schreier gets word from from some people from CD Projekt Red, some of the staff that are working on Cyberpunk 2077, that they've started going under crunch and stuff like that. He so he he has conversations with them and he puts out a report. Uh, first he puts out first he puts out a, a tweet about about CD Projekt Red had uh, you know is doing crunch and and didn't he try to didn't he try to frame it like Cyberpunk was in trouble or something? Uh, I, he was lick, he was trying to say more of not saying that it was in trouble or anything. He was trying to link it back to when they reported it uh, when they said when City Project Red said um, that they would never do crunch, that they don't believe in it and all of that stuff. So he was trying to make it seem that they were going back on their word. Well, um, it, when when the tweet came out about it, well, oh, but go ahead. If the paraphrasing from what the uh, from what the from what the lead to see Project Red, if if if, if the paraphrasing is to be read a certain way, mm-hmm. they said they said that they said that they they did not want to forego, uh, they did not want to go undergo having to do crunch for cyber uh, cyberpunk. I mean, this these games been development for years. They didn't want they they want to avoid that as much as possible, and mm-hmm. they were going to try to stick to that. But when this comes out, you know, basically it's kind of like it's kind of like. He forced he forced their hand, and he didn't have all the information, honestly, because because and, and maybe and maybe there's a little bit of reneging on the part of the the lead the leads of the team for C Project Red and, and Cyberpunk. Maybe mm-hmm. there is some of that going on, but at the same time, you know, if he had reached out and and asked the proper questions, he'd have found out what was going on. What we know for sure is that C Project Red, like the whole staff, like they've been asked to work one extra weekend. Until the until the release of the game, which means at that point it was six extra it was six weeks of one 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 extra weekend, um, and that was one day of the weekend. It mm-hmm. wasn't even like the, it wasn't even like they were just going straight seven days and, and stuff like that. They're getting paid their overtime and are getting compensated their overtime based on whatever the um what whatever the the uh, the employment regulation rules are for that territory because they're they're a Polish company if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Yeah, they're getting so they're they're being compensated on you know under the regulatory laws of employment over there. Uh, also, it has been brought out that that the, once the once the game has 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 been released and is launched, that the staff not only is going to be able to take vacations, they're also getting a considerable bonus based off of the based off of the revenue shares of the company. Ten percent, and that's that might seem small, but that's a lot for a game like that. Corey Corey did the math, and he said it's is slightly over fifty thousand dollars U.S. dollars, and um and based on based on the economy over there, that's. That's significant. As a matter of fact, uh, we we said it. We said it on a couple on a couple of shows for Crossroads. That that much money. That's 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 a whole salary to some of us over here in the United States. So yeah. just just imagine how much money that is for those guys over there in the in the European Union. And and people and I think people don't realize that just using The Witcher Three as an example of selling that game has been out for years and it mm-hmm. still sells whether whether it was on console PC anytime that that game goes on sale someone is still buying it and, and they're re- and the, and they're re- and they're re releasing it for Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five and it's going to trust me mm-hmm. trust me trust me CD Projekt Red that staff they're getting all sorts of royalties and stuff like that and and all and like and like Logan Nelly. Like Logan Nelly, Austin, and myself said over at Crossroads, like if they're if they're if if the staff feels a certain type of way about this, all they gotta say is, "Hey, I work at CD Projekt Red. We got Cyberpunk. We got The Witcher. You know, like I can take my resume anywhere, 
and work wherever mm-hmm. I want, or they they might be able to pitch themselves and start their own company to to another to another you know corporation out there, stuff like that. So basically, Jason Schreier, and I'm trying to be respectful here, but Jason mm-hmm. Schreier he he basically put out a hit piece because it ultimately launched on Bloomberg about he he both he he put an article out on Bloomberg about it, but when you read it. And um, and Ed, you said it last week on the podcast uh, on on the show that I wasn't that I wasn't able to be on. I had I I had obligations. Uh, but you said you said it like basically he was using crunch as a way to put more negative light on the gaming industry, which is which is which is disingenuous for someone like Jason Schreier because he's supposed to be reporting on video games and news. He's supposed to be we we think of these reporters most of the times as our allies because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, like someone in Congress or somebody in the government's always coming for our video games, trying to say like it's this bad thing and you know like it shouldn't be a part of our lives and all stuff. And then here he goes sensationalizing something, but only but half-assing it in the same pro- mm-hmm. in, in, in the same vein. Yeah, uh, see that's see that's that's and that's where the issue is. Like I, like I personally, I do. I do understand what he, what he, you know, part of what he's trying to do. And I do think that it is a good thing that we try to keep these things in the light and we, we watch and we, we, you know, get a chance to make sure that if anything, you know, bad is happening in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. like for developers and all that sake, that, that people be held accountable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you you don't just grab every situation and and throw the hammer down on it because you know like like you basically like you're saying you've got to make sure that the situation is being whether it's being handled poorly or it's being handled appropriately and i i do feel like this what this situation was ha- being handled a little bit more appropriately mm-hmm. and you know a little bit more respectfully whereas not all cases in the past have been you know yeah. like i like these people are being compensated and you know and the the you know the head up you know apologized for it and you know like it, it's it it seems like they like he honestly if he had a choice it would not have come to this. And like he, it's the last thing that he wanted to do. But unfortunately you get to a point where the game is almost finished. And why, why drag it on for another year when we can just quick, get it done, you know, like just quick, get it done. And then we can take a long break. the th- I know, think the thing like, about it is that, uh, yeah, he didn't finish his reporting or he didn't hear from the managers or something. You no, know, no, no, I, start, I feel like this, no, I feel like uh, I feel uh, like he uh, didn't. I feel like he didn't go to the management. That's yeah. what I, that's the way I feel. Go and ahead. Because yeah, when the story broke in, the management team came out and spoke about it. That's when they mentioned like the compensation and you know admitting that yes, we are doing crunch, mm-hmm. we are doing this one extra day, but this is the benefits that's coming from it. And that's when we as a gaming community didn't know about it. A lot mm-hmm. of the people who read that, not read the story, but read the tweet, the first thing that a lot of people said was go ahead and delay it. We have no problem if this game had to get delayed. Nobody was suspected if it, it would have if it, it would have kind of delayed everybody was just like yep i'm buying the xbox series x version or i'm buying the playstation 5 version and if it's still coming to xbox when you don't got a series x 
people are going to get that version. And so people still just like, take your time, CD Projekt Red. We're still going to buy that game. But didn't realize, hey, we didn't realize how close to gold that the game was going um, when when the story broke. Um, th- when, when they came out and they said all of this stuff, the gaming community went and had words or was trying to get an uh, understanding from Jason Schreier, be like, okay, they have responded now to you. So what are you going to say about it? And ooh, ooh, ooh. let me, let me, let me, let me take came, this. Whatever way that you came across to Jason Schreier, he has went on to like a block, uh, a block action mode in, in a kind of sense. And uh, some of our boss rush members have gotten blocked. I won't say who. Uh, <laughs> But oh, the monarchy laugh doesn't mean doesn't mean I got blocked. <laughs> <laughs> but he should have been able he should have been able to make a piece or rent it or or be in. He should have came out and literally apologized to CD Projekt Red, saying that I'm sorry that I I'm like what the information I got at that time from what you guys said is what I ran with. I didn't know that all of this other stuff was coming out because because I and and probably for a lot of us we probably felt like if none of this was ever said we wouldn't find out about the compensation stuff. Ed. Ed, you're putting you're putting too many words in that guy's mouth because at the end of the day, this guy's a grown man. He's he's worried. He's he's doing and, he's doing he's doing things for his own career and stuff like that. And I guarantee yeah. you, based on his history of how he's reported stuff, this isn't the first time this stuff has happened. This this isn't. Like I said, like like I said, he's he he sensationalizes stuff that he can, and he does hit pieces on on other things like that. Um, I've got I've got his Twitter profile pulled up right now. Yesterday. Yesterday, he he put a tweet. A Game Informer podcast recently suggested that my reporting on Cyberpunk 2077's crunch is incorrect. Never mind that I've interviewed nearly a dozen CDPR uh, devs. Here's an email from studio head Alan Badowski in June 2020, apologizing to the developers to developers partners for all the overtime. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the uh, the excerpt from the article. Oh, go ahead. Uh, 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 per Adam. Uh, Adam says, hey, I think there's no need for long introductions on this one. We've moved the date again to November 19th. So this was when they made when they made the final the final like uh, release date for it, because they because remember, after they said the game was delayed until November, they said this is the final pushback for this game. Remember that? Then that was Mm -hmm. and that was that was in the summer. Okay. Uh, going back to the article, and I know it's a bittersweet moment for many of you. On the one hand, we're happy because we've gained the extra time we all know we need for the game to really shine. On the other, we're sad because it means a longer period of intensive work, and we are all running on fumes. I would like to offer you some sort of solve-it-all explanation, but I can't find any. The truth is, we need to finish the game, and we won't finish it for uh, we won't finish it for September. Okay, right. That that and one that, that, that one paragraph. That, that oh, one paragraph right there. That, go ahead. Go ahead. Time. Oh, and at the and at that time before, um, just to let everybody know that pre- CD Projekt Red did say that the game was done, but they had to do they had to delay because they were working on the bugs and stuff. That was for that, just to give people if they don't remember in case. But go ahead, Lebron. I'm sorry. Okay. That that one paragraph alone that. That should tell you something right there. And, you know, uh, I will say this, like, um, like at my age, like I've just recently become like more aware of how things go on a business perspective and stuff like that. Uh, them undergoing crunch, them trying to get it out before December. This is them trying to make their year end goal for their for their company, because because once we knew that Cyberpunk 2077 was coming, 
And once we started the timeline of how the development was going, we knew it was going to be a make or break year for CD Projekt Red. And and that's one thing. So, you know, the money that they're going to make on the upside once the game sells is going to offset all the other stuff that happen- that happens, you know, for the time that they may have lost in development and things like that. But let me go ahead and fin- go back mm. to the excerpt now. Uh, Adam continues. What I offer, what I, what I can offer is telling you this. Each day we spend on polishing the game visibly pays off. We've just started the previews and first impressions from from Piet Smith and Game Informer and are very enthusiastic. And it's because of your extreme dedication over the last weeks and days. I hope that when the previews drop on the 25th of June, remember this is this was back in June when he did this. Mm-hmm. We all we all get an extra confidence boost. Okay, now this part is this this next paragraph is highlighted. If I could wish for anything, I would like to humbly ask you endure in the effort to deliver this game. I would ask. I would also like to extend an apology to your partners and ask for their support as well, dear partners. I am fully aware that the hard work of your loved ones often means that they cannot participate on the home front, but I promise this is the last stretch and the finish line is near. All this hard work is going to lead to Cyberpunk 2077 becoming one of the, if not the most memorable games of this generation. I am sure of that. Yours truly, Adam. Okay, so he puts that in there. He puts he he adds that excerpt into that tweet, and then mm-hmm. he fa- and then he fails then he fails to show like I don't know he it just has a lack of empathy from from Jason Schreier and it's because mm-hmm. he's doubling down on his original language when he wrote when he wrote the the story two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what's led to like now that everyone the the audience us like the gamers people who are invested in stuff like this, when people started asking questions like hey. Did you not hear that they're compensating their guys? Did you hear that this is not this is being taken care of? Did you hear that this has to be done and stuff like that? Then he turns around and he starts going on a blocking spree. Like he doesn't want he doesn't want to engage in any conversation. And you know what? That's one thing. That's the one thing that kind of burns me up about internet culture. Like if you are okay, you know what? I'm LeBron's gonna get real now. If you're man enough to put something <laughs> out, if you're man enough to put something out there like that, you need to be man enough to have conversations and. Uh, <sighs> You know, it's it's one of those it's one of those f your feeling moments, f your feelings moments. Sit down, use your big boy language, and have a conversation about this stuff. Because when everybody's turning around telling you, "Hey, what you did was nice, but you did some things wrong about it," you should be able to turn around and say, "Okay, this is why I did it." But he's not even justifying why he did it. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't even want. And you know what? I don't need to be a mind reader. He wanted to get he wanted to get as many hits as he can in his Bloomberg article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plain and simple. And I don't think he. I don't even. I really don't think he got. I don't know how many hits that he got. Like I said, everybody was just like, "Oh, they're doing crunch." Okay, delay the game. We're fine with that. Like I said, but Jesse, I'm gonna have let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you have the last word on it. Oh, I'm sorry, we got to move on. But go, no, no, go ahead, no. Jesse. Yeah, really, really. The only thing I have to say is, you know, that's the thing is a lot of people. I feel like most people, like I said, to a certain extent, agree with him that yes, like. You know, people do, you know, do having to do crunch and stuff like it is something that that's not great. But, you know, it's a case by case basis. And, you know, and like we've talked about before, there are unfortunately a lot of jobs like there's a lot of jobs out there where people have to work overtime and they don't really have a choice. But that's something that 
that you that you you know sign up for when you take the job but also at the same time most of those jobs aren't going to be getting paid you know and bonuses and things like that like they are to have to work overtime you know forcefully and things like that so you know, like there's a lot of jobs that don't get compensated for things like that. You're just expected to just deal with it. And they're actually doing yeah. something above and beyond, <laughs> you know. And so, like, in my opinion, that is doing it right. And, but I mm-hmm. do get it. I do get it. We should be vigilant on how people are being treated at these jobs exactly. and make sure that people aren't doing this kind of stuff too often, you know, like, so yeah, that's the thing. That's just the funny part about it is a lot of people do agree with him to certain extents about what he said, but it's when, when there's the little slip ups and things that people feel like we're being done wrong that yeah, he just decides to block people, and even if you partially agree with him, but he just still he'd rather block people or whatever. And and like like you know, like you said, if you're gonna put something out like that, mm-hmm. you've you've gotta you've gotta have a com- you've gotta have the conversation that you were trying to start. Accept responsibility. You know? Here, yeah. Let, let me let me let me devote uh, thirty more seconds. Right, go ahead. Hope- yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go so ahead. I, take the okay, last so, for me. So on September, so September 29th, he puts a tweet out. Last year, the bosses of CD Projekt Red approached me for an interview. They want to announce to Cyberpunk 2077 that they would be uh, that they would be avoiding mandatory crunch. This week, they sent an email to staff announcing studio wide crunch, and he published the article that same day. Now, um, now I've been looking at some stuff, uh, and uh, and and a couple of hours later, on that same day, Jason Schreier tweets. Lots of angry gamers to block today. I'll keep reporting on the actions of video game companies, no matter how beloved they are, how many nasty messages gamers send my way. As always, anyone in gaming with a story to tell can reach me securely at at his email address. Now, since then, right, I've noticed the article has been updated on Bloomberg. Uh, If you go to the end of the article, it says paragraph seven has updates. He puts in there in a post in a post on Twitter Wednesday. Badowski says CD Projekt Red employees can continue to count on bonus payouts amounting to ten percent of the company's annual profit. This could be this could prove to be a lucrative sum as analysts estimate war sales based companies' uh, net income will rise eleven fold to two billion two billion zloty. Um, I guess that's the currency, which is five hundred twenty million dollars in twenty twenty. See, Project Red had 1,079 employees at the end of June. So he snuck that in there, but I just looked through his whole tweet chain. He didn't put anything about that in his tweet chain. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. He just basically wants a sensationalized crunch. He wants to make it seem like it's a bad thing. And and you know what? I'm not even saying crunch is a good thing nor a bad thing. No, it's got yeah. it's got it's got it's it it, it 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 fits on both sides of the equation, you know, on both mm-hmm. sides of the line, depending on where you're at, you know. Yeah, how you that's, handle it. That's uh that's basically the last thing I want to say about that. You know, it, out there, you know, if, if you guys are if you guys like it's good that Jason Schreier is a good source. 
look at the information and then like everything else with the internet, go and look up and figure out the clues for yourself because then you're not always getting the absolute every bit of the story. You have to go and do your research. This is this is why this is why we have somebody in the White House always screaming fake news and and just like just like Jason Schreier, he's committing fake news. Yeah, and speaking of crazy news, Microsoft and GameStop are getting partnering <laughs> together for, I guess, to save the business. I have not one idea. So they announced, um, uh, GameStop announced that they are partnership with Microsoft, um, to for future content to do for their business and stuff. And this seems more of a digital kind of thing with XCloud and and other stuff benefiting. Uh, the employees in the business as on, on the cell. Um, the employees going to be getting Surface tablets, and there's going there's probably going to be more information coming out because everybody's still mm-hmm. trying to figure out what this whole thing is. Um, I think all three of us and everybody on the Bosch team could uh, I like literally agree without no argument that this this save GameStop. <laughs> like there's no ants, it's what's about mm-hmm. it. This. Game. I know yeah. LeBron, you was hoping for them to go under sometime soon. Oh God! <laughs> you just had to make me the bad guy, didn't you? I mean, you you just had to you just had to put it out there, didn't you? <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, as a former GameStop employee, yeah this this kind of this kind of sideswiped me. This news and stuff like that because because in all honesty, and here's what I'm going to say about it, and I'm going to I'm going to say this real quick, and I'm going ha- to let you guys handle it. GameStop had been the GameStop has been failing to adapt its business practices based around the changing the changing landscape of, of video games and, and the and, and the gaming industry. Uh, when the gaming industry was making strides, GameStop was doing things that was trying to make the industry adapt to their small scope versus GameStop adapting to their scope. And then yep. we saw then we saw like things culminate. Sony stopped. Sony stopped putting digital digital cards out for all their games. You can't you can't buy a digital card direct from a vendor. <laughs> you have to go to the PlayStation Store if you want to buy the game digitally. Uh, mm-hmm. Things like that. That's just one thing I can think of. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but GameStop had been failing to like to like embrace the change towards the digital age. Embrace embrace the change toward it, they they kind of embrace the change toward microtransactions because you walk into a GameStop store, you always see like the currency cards for all the games and all the different uh, all the different online sites and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they 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 did that, but you know, GameStop's GameStop's buy sell and trade culture in has been has been coming to an end for a long time and i remember back when the xbox 360 was getting launched one of the one of the one of the key people at microsoft was saying how do we stop the used game industry they were saying that because because gamestop's model even though it was great for us gamers back then gamestop's model was hurting the games industry like it was it was making it hard for like for example cd project red they couldn't get all their royalties from their games, you know, because like everybody's going in buying a used game, even they're saving five, ten bucks on it, you know, and they're no longer getting the sales, and now it's it's pure profit going into somebody else's pocket for something you spent seven, eight, nine years on. Like, look, see, you probably, I keep going back to crunch, but see, Project Red's going into crunch, and this is going to be their one payout for the game, honestly. But you got to remember, that's how PlayStation Force uh, won this generation was because of the USL battle when Microsoft talked about not, you know, trying to 
stopped a little bit of that, but all of that changed. But but now it even changed more because that battle don't nobody really talk about. Like nobody's really trying to. I still don't think try to get used games. I think people just they play it on Game Pass. They'll buy it digitally if there's a good sale. Definitely when people are just like, oh, I'll just buy the digital version of PS5. Like maybe the physical version. I think the physical version of Series X is probably going to be bigger than the digital version. Where PlayStation Five, people are just like I'll I'll play everything on digitally. Like get the digital. Well, according of- to according to the uh, according to industry analysis, like uh, like the um, like both systems have a digital. Both both systems are going to have a digitally only version of the of the mm-hmm. system. And according to the sales, according to the analysis of it. That's getting a smaller allocation of builds. So for like, if they're if they're making one million PS fives that are that are that are going to take physical discs, they're only making like, and this is just this is a number I'm just pulling out of my hat. Uh, they're making like two hundred thousand of the just the digital only. They're making a smaller allocation because because they don't because according to the analysis, it doesn't seem like Dizzle has got its direct foothold yet. It's coming. It's getting bigger. Uh, you know, and as as these systems become more and more like PCs, you're gonna see less and less physical media, because PC on the PC. I can't remember the last time I went out and bought a disc for a PC game. <laughs> yeah, there's that little. There's still that little yep. sad, sad section at Walmart of PC stuff. It's just like a little, it's like yeah, a little it's, metal, it's like one, metal it's like one rack. shelf. It's like one shelf on, a, on an end cap. <laughs> Yeah, got, like you still got Mahjong and like like something for like five dollars. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. those you know those sixty seven uh, year Jesse, seventy the, year olds who have PCs want need somewhere to go get that Mahjong in, in <laughs> solitaire. <laughs> Sudoku. Uh, but yeah. Jesse, what Jesse? What are your thoughts on the story? So, like, I kind of had a whole big conversation with you. Um, you know, like. The thing, the thing is, like my thought on this is, I, th- I think that you know, with with uh, Reggie from you know from Nintendo, uh, formerly from Nintendo, you know, being on the board and a uh, you know just just I think more influence from people who who know how the industry works and stuff on the board. I I think I think honestly. That there that there was some uh, talkings with you know people like Reggie who are friends with Phil Spencer and stuff like that. I think I think what we're seeing is similar to what happened with Xbox. You know, like it's gonna it's gonna take some time, but I do think that they're going to try to turn the ship around. And they're trying to figure out a way that they can make GameStop be what it needed to be, you know. And but they needed time and money for in order for that to be able to happen. Like I like my mm-hmm. my thing is like I was saying with you to you Ed is, and I had said this on one of the previous shows um, that you know like we don't we don't really have any you know many uh microsoft stores and some of them have closed because of covid now Mm -hmm. instead of them trying to reopen stores back up i can see where it may be more interesting for them to invest in stores that are staying open 
versus trying to open new stores back up. And what and because mm-hmm. Microsoft does some really cool things for Xbox and stuff when it comes to you know pri- events and things like that that they do at their Microsoft agree. stores, but they but, but most people can't can't do those things because they're not close to one. So what yeah, if exactly. they start having events like that that are actually bringing uh, fans of gaming together? Like I feel like. GameStop should have kind of been in the first place. You know, we don't do the, you know, a lot of people don't do the midnight game, you know, buying and stuff like that really anymore. So they've got to have other events there that want to bring people to the stores. And if you come to the store, chances are you're going to buy something. I went to the store the other day. I picked up the Miles Morales. (laughs) Like, I, you know, like I... I was just there to waste time, but I happened that, to come was in. A game, was it a they, GameStop exclusive? Yeah, it, okay. well, it's the it's the 2020 Fall Convention uh, exclusive, limited edition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. Every every one is kind of got a different uh, different uh, looking. They're not all exactly look the same uh-huh. because they kind of moved the art around at, on it, so it, they all kind of look different. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the so. The thing, the thing I could see them doing more of that kind of stuff. And then I told you, like, we, for a little while there, Microsoft specifically, there are digital versions that are adorable and they're amazing of, of the, the physical versions of games that are like, you know, like really small cases that, that are small versions of the regular size, uh, xbox case for when you buy a physical game but uh, it's just got the code in it and it's really small and it's adorable and and like i would love to collect them all honestly because they just looks it just looks cool um i think if they were to do more stuff like that sell sell physical those little small you know like they could even make those cases like unique like you know different looking you know like more make them more uh you know collectible kind of you know thing going on where it's a special versions of them you know that people would want to have and then that way you know you're getting you're getting something because you know let's be honest like a digital game costs just as much as a physical game which makes no sense because you're not getting a booklet, you're not getting a case, you're not uh-huh. getting, you know, you're not spending all this money on making plastic. So why do I have to pay the same price if all it is is a digital, you know, file? So so at least mm-hmm. this way you could actually feel like you're getting something worth, you know, worth collecting. Uh, even though you're paying the same price for uh, a digital copy of a game, you know. And and I think that would be a kind right. of a cool way as well to to like have that code. So like let's say you know like it, they could make it where it's almost like a backup. Where if something was to happen for some reason, like you know whatever that you could prove that you still own that game because like when you buy a physical game, if something were to happen to the file or something, you know like I mean that's all stored on their end. But what, you know, like, I mean, like to be able to prove physically that you, that you own the license. So, yeah. 
So I, I mean, I don't think that that's really an, a real issue, but I'm just saying like for people who, who feel like they need to have, have something that proves that they physically or physically prove that they own something, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I just think that there's that there's a lot of things that could be done and and ultimately GameStop could be an amazing place to to have but it's mm-hmm. just a, a matter of doing doing what needs to be done and you know and like LeBron said you know they got to adapt and I think that maybe Microsoft knows something more than we do Oh, I feel and, like I feel like there's definitely something on the back end to change it. So I feel like there's definitely something else in the back end that we haven't heard or we haven't seen. Well, I'm, I'm well. Besides the fact that we, they gotta protect, it, they gotta protect their their financial figures and other and their stock profiles and stuff like that. But I guarantee you, there's there's more to this story. It's 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 developing. <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens by the by the end of the first year of Xbox Series X. We'll we'll see we'll see yeah. what's going on. Well, I think part of it too is if if is isn't GameStop yeah. one of the places that's doing the uh, the um, the two year whatever deal where they are. So yes. I think I think that's the, part the, of it too. Is a lot the of the SS yes the least the least to own thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think a part of this is maybe them trying to reassure people that if you buy if you do that program through GameStop. We are making sure that they're still around, and you don't have to worry about that later. You know, like you know, I think I think maybe they they've yeah. maybe Microsoft has kind of heard people's kind of uh, chattering about yeah. you know being worried. Oh. So you're you're freezing and stuff on my screen. Ed, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah. My my yeah. personal my personal feelings aside about about GameStop itself, uh, I like you know I'm actually glad that they have the opportunity to continue continue to try and be viable and stuff like that. I mean you know like I I'm not even going to kid myself. Uh, GameStop was a part of my video gaming ecosystem for a yeah. long while, even before I will even before I was employed and became a store manager uh, at GameStop. Uh, so you know like I'm actually happy that you know the company is able to like. To continue hanging on, you know, like my, like I said, my personal feelings aside from 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 things, you know, but uh, but you know, ultimately, we just need to make sure we just need to make sure that um that my advice to GameStop is like be you guys have a lot of intelligent people there that run the company and stuff. Be more cognizant of of which way the wind is blowing, so you can move with it freely or move around it as best as possible. Uh, that and that's and therefore you won't have to like scramble for things like this, you know. And and you know, GameStop has been trying to sell. They've been corporate has been trying to sell GameStop for what almost a little over three years now. Yeah, like they they've been trying to abandon ship. So you know, like this this partnership with Microsoft, this is this is a this is like a hail mary. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know the th- the thing the funny thing is is you're working you know you're you're running a business uh, built on gaming who has a lot of gaming fans. Like literally, all you need to do is talk to the people who are working at your stores. Mm-hmm. Talk to the people who are coming into your stores. They know. They know, you know, a lot of there are a lot of people like us that maybe don't have a podcast that know just as much as as we do or more mm-hmm. that are going to these stores that you could you could find out a lot of what 
what would bring people like us into your stores more? Like, I mean, honestly, like just do, you know, like they talked about giving, giving them surface tablets or whatever, you know what, maybe, maybe say like, Hey, if you, if you answer these couple of questions, we'll give you like five, five percent or 10 percent off of your next purchase you know yeah. like try to try to mm -hmm. give people incentives to want to help you yes get, I understand just, what will bring people in more i i, I was just about to say I, the same thing i am upset because i i i was i was considering purchasing stock in gamestop when the new consoles were being announced mm -hmm. and now i'm kicking myself because i should have purchased stock <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, we're going to, uh, we had a story about, uh, maybe a Silent Hill pitch being a follow up, but we're going to hold off that one to later. I really don't have nothing much to say about the GameStop Microsoft thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, pretty much LeBron and you, Jesse, you guys pretty much summed it up for me. I can't wait to see what more happens with it because I, I definitely, when we, you was talking, Jesse, about the digital code thing, I was just mm -hmm. like, I would like to see some cool exclusive box art that GameStop has. Yeah. for that digital code that would be really cool because like for us collectors even if we just buy a game the, the craziness that we do for switch of buying physical copies of the game and we know that the code is not the, there's just a game with a code with it if it have a cool box art we're going to buy it <laughs> and mm -hmm. regardless of what the price is and i would love yeah. for that to be happening with microsoft that go to it's a gamestop exclusive you get this awesome box but inside the box not only do you get a code you get a pin for it like Can the little you, yeah. gaming pin and stuff here's here's something here's something because it just it, it just hit me when you're talking about the gaming box and that okay so the new yeah. monster new monster Hunter rise is coming on in in march right yeah mm -hmm. they've got they've got basically a partner version of the game where you buy where you buy your where you buy a copy of the game and you got you got and you have a digital copy that you can give to a friend and now just now just imagine because that's like back when blu-rays and dvds had those digital codes that when you buy when you buy the when you buy the movie you also yes. have a digital access code. We're eventually going to get to that point where in gaming, where it's like that, and you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be phenomenal. You know, like every once in a blue moon, you know, you buy a game, and it's like here you can also have the digital version of it. But just imagine, like when we get to a place where it's more commonplace. Right. Yeah, Mecca um playstation was doing that before some of their games like some of the indie yeah. games they were just xbox like xbox did yeah. that too yeah yeah xbox did it too yeah like oh, yeah i'm just i'm just saying it's i'm just saying it's not ultimately commonplace okay it, just think no of, yeah bring just it think it of, back just yeah. think of 99 percent of the video games that are released right now you get a digital copy of the game plus the physical if you buy physical yeah yeah just similar to what they do with with you know when you buy it when you buy a uh, um, vinyl or a CD, sometimes nowadays, or like you said, I, I believe you said like Blu-ray, things like that. A lot of times yep. you get you get like a lot of times even with the Disney movies, you get a Blu-ray, you get a regular DVD, a DVD, and you, and get, you get a, a and you get the digital copy of it. Yep. Like you know, like I mean, yeah. There's, yeah, it. Yeah, because I remember back in the day, uh, Mecha Salt, I believe it was for for Xbox, or it was one of those games where you it came with two discs, and the second disc was a um, a multiplayer disc only that you could give to a friend, so they could pop it into their Xbox, and then you could play uh, together mm -hmm. without them having to own the the game or having to play on one screen. So. Yeah. 
Oh, did we lose him again? Yeah. Okay. I, we've been having some issues with All losing right, well, him. But, all right. Yeah. Well, we should. Well, we'll probably we'll probably hang on to Silent Hill for somebody's rumor control uh, segment yeah. in, one, in one of the upcoming uh, podcasts. Uh, let's see. Uh, so going into the uh, Boss Rush podcast analysis. Uh, by oh, I'm I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, I was I was I was just shotgunning for oh. you. <laughs> um, yeah, Skype is acting up on my side, and my internet dropper then came back. I think Skype was affected. It's it's acting weird. Uh, but thank you, Leron. I'm sorry, Jesse. I'm sorry, you guys, for that. Um, hopefully right. everything. No, no. Uh, oh. yeah, but you were oh, no, speaking Jesse about I, we were just running our mouths. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to get into our BRP analysis. Thank you, Leron, for starting it off. Um, by E3 of next year, all three consoles should be set with a quality of games. Do you think people will be pleased with the purchases they made? Now, I put not subscriptions, purchases. <laughs> because I I'm know glad Game Pass. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. And PlayStation Plus Collection. I know, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm not and I'm not trying to be shady, but because like even regardless of we got Switch Pro or anything, we know how that Nintendo has been running a good a good uh, think of quality of games and everything. Uh, I kind of want to know that by E3 of next year, you know, a lot of PlayStation 5, a lot of Series X, and um, still maybe some Xbox One and PC games, a lot of things will be out by uh, E3. So, do you guys think that we'll have really have a nice solid lineup for next year of games to play? I think so. I think so. Because out the gate, like, okay, okay every, I want to say, like, the the landscape of gaming got really good when when 360 and PS3 arrived when and now developers kind of know you know they kind of know what the gamers want you know sometimes that means we get the exact same game in a different skin but you know they pretty much know what the gamers want what we like and things like that so I think that I think the I think going into the second year of the of the, of the, of the lifestyle of the life cycles for the consoles is going to be just glorious uh as far as like gaming goes and there's going to be innovation because more and more indie developers are doing their thing now and is and, and taking my switch has officially become my indie console <laughs> and, and, and you know it's crazy because i thought that i thought my pc was my indie console honestly mm-hmm. but it's it's the switch but and you know like and so stuff like that's happening the 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 landscape of gaming is continually changing and it's getting better and better just for everybody. Like if you like, if you like video games, whether you're playing Farmville, which is no longer, which is no longer a thing, or, or you're playing Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't matter. Like like games, games are getting great. And I think that I do like how the question is framed. Like, do you, how, you know, how's, how do you think that will people be uh, happy with the, with the purchases they've made? I'm going to say yes because after we get past this whole this whole hype and after we get past this whole like the systems are scarce to find and stuff like that once everybody gets their consoles they're going to be like man like there's so much stuff to play hey wait there's a backlog of games that we that we missed from the last console generation that are here on these consoles that we can still play so it's going to be great, and I think I think everyone's going to be very happy with their purchases. No one's going to be like, "Oh, I'm trading my Xbox Series X in." There's no games because <laughs> they're all on the PC. But, she- <laughs> but yeah, basically, I think everybody's going to be happy with their purchases. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, uh, Jesse? Yeah, I you know I think I think the thing is, um, and I and I always say this I, is 
I know a lot of people like to go on and on and on about how much, you know, like exclusives and stuff matter, you know, about a console. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes down to it throughout the whole entire generation, most of the games that I play are third party like that. Like, you know, like for me, it's less about the exclusives and more about what platform that I want to play on. So, like, I'm going to be perfectly fine because there's going to be so many, you know, exclusives and or and then there's going to be indies and third, you know, third party. And there's going to be there's just going to be so much stuff coming out that I, I you know, like we, we have these drought, these little drought things, if you want to call it all the time. But we're still out there finding games that we want to buy during those droughts. So I, I'm not too worried about it. You know, like it's a new generation. We're going to have, you know, some time where, you know, there people are trying to work on, on doing something, you know, more towards the, the new, the new hardware. Um, You know, that's why you're seeing a lot of these games now, like will be on PS4 and, you know, as as much as and you know, not to take shots at them, but as much as they wanted to get that that whole message out there of you know we're we're about you know moving forward with the concept with the generation, the, it never moves forward right away. It never does. It never has. It never will. There'll always be those games that are stuck between the generations for the first couple of years. Because it takes a long time to make a game. So, like, yeah. you can't just say all of a sudden, we're not going to be doing this generation. You know, like, you know, like we had the, there's, there's like one game for each console right now that, that's really truly doing something, you know, that the, that these new generations can only handle. Like, right. And that's, you got Ratchet and Clank, and you've got, you know, the medium for Xbox that, you know, those games just wouldn't be able to play, I don't think, on, on the old consoles. But, yeah. you know, but you're, you're not going to have much of that, you know. And that was that was basically like almost like a demo, like probably built around demo stuff for the new tech that they had been kind of working on, you know, early on in the stages of figuring out how they want the consoles to be, you know, running and built. So Yeah, and, and I think... Definitely, when you look at Microsoft uh, obtaining like Bethesda and all of their first-party studios, I think they're going to be releasing great, great quality content of games, depending on what people mm-hmm. prefer to play. The same thing's going to go for Nintendo. The same thing's going to go for PlayStation. You know, we got Horizon, God of War, um, mm-hmm. and probably some more titles that's going to be coming from Sony's side. For Nintendo, we got Breath of the Wild two. We got Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4, and some yeah. other titles that we're looking for. For Xbox, uh, did I do Not Xbox? to mention no. new content for a lot of these yeah. games that I'm and, sure they will continue to to support and, you know, and because that, that's something that I feel like we, we see a lot more of early on in the beginning of a console generate a new console generation, just mm-hmm. because they want to, you know, like still honor those games while they're trying to figure out what their next project is, you know, like they have people who will, who will kind of update and, you know, give a little bit more, uh, stuff for the, the, the previous game while they work on the, the, you know, the new games. 
right and I, and I and i think like halo infinite hell um hellblade 2 avowed and and by time like grounded and even flight similar i think like like microsoft is building up a strong first party of everything of those games come out or show show something mm-hmm. by e3 there's going to be a strong thing i just um and i don't know if luke's going to answer this but i think like by i want to know how do you envision microsoft by holiday you know PlayStation, PlayStation at this time, I'm not focusing on. It, even like oh. not, not Nintendo, I'm focusing on. I think with Microsoft for this holiday, they're probably going to have a strong holiday in 21 because of all of the studios making like smaller games and bigger games. I think it's going to be something out there for people to purchase. If you want to play it on Game Pass, you can. But purchasing wise, I think they're going to have a lot going forward. And definitely with third party indies, if we continue to get that great content, a lot of people, like you said, Laron, they're going to play a lot of indies on Switch, and you know, mm-hmm. yep. and just yeah. looking at them, just like we we see the numbers, like Always Quest, um, this as Metroidvania game that came out on Switch, they just reported once again that their game did better on Steam, I mean on Switch than they did on Steam, and it's it's going to be, I think the same thing probably did with with Hades. They shot the number one where more people bought that game on Switch the than they did on Epic, and I think that's still going to continue into twenty one. Well, by I mentioned I mentioned earlier I mentioned earlier with Hades. The problem with, with Hades was I didn't get it on PC because it was an early access game. Like I mm-hmm. I. I get I get a little skittish about games that are still under development, but you can go ahead and spend a certain amount of money and play the game now. Like I I, I get I always get skittish on it. That's why that's why when PUBG wasn't that's why when PUBG was being built up, I wasn't really into that. And you know, uh, and, and, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. So yeah, mm-hmm. Hades doing Hades is doing well on the Switch because Hades Hades on PC looks looks wonderful. But the portability factor of uh, of Hades, you know, on the Switch is just something else, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said earlier, I'm sitting in my I'm sitting in my dark bedroom, my Switch, the only light source in my room because I'm playing Hades. <laughs> and and it's it's the same thing that happened with Dead Cell. Dead Cell had been on Steam for like ever, and then it came to Switch and PlayStation, and more people bought it for Switch. Uh, physically, it shot up like crazy, and that's all for like for almost two months. Even with I think that was the year Link's Awakening and stuff all with all that craziness of getting no no that was when uh uh Fire Emblem Awakening and then Astro Chain came out that was 19 oh good googly moogly Nintendo what were you doing like okay. breaking us with, with <laughs> games, with us games like <laughs> with games August. like that with games like Dead Cells and Katana Zero and stuff like that I I I I knew I was gonna buy them on on a handheld on on the Switch because in all honesty, like with my ultra wide monitors and my big television, there's no way I'm, those games are gonna look good on on those big on those big 4K screens. No, honestly, 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 it makes sense how like how like certain games sell in certain places. It does. Like it's it's it, you know like it, it, you might it, it might seem like coincidence and stuff like that, but it's it's part of a design. You know like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the indies, indies are going to put the game. Indie developers are going to put their games out everywhere that they can get them out. Like they want as much mm-hmm. saturation as possible because because for some people, like what was that game? What was that game a few weeks ago that that you were like, what's questionable content, Ed? What was it? It just it just arrived on Switch and it's been out for a while on PC. 
Oh, oh was um, it the the postal or no? No, not what not was, postal. It was it was it was a week before postal. Uh, like it was that. like it was like it was like a Splatterhouse arcade type game. Was it with the pimp one that I showed? Yes. No. 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 It, it was a few. It was well. What? Uh, long story short, though, like whatever game it was, like after after we kind of like talked and laughed at it and stuff. I did a little bit of research on it, and and the company. And the company when I when I did the when I hit the about us like the company it was like it, it basically it was there it was this game was their love letter to video games like this this was uh, this was a, a passion project for them it's, it's oh, the okay. only game on this company's resume and stuff like that so yeah when you put it in perspective like a lot of the indies like a lot of the indie oh, developers it, it, um uh 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 yeah because it was that it was that beat 'em up game that I had on PlayStation Four continue. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of a lot of indie developers are just trying to get their game out into as many hands as possible. So that's why that's why it usually comes out on PC first because like that's the easiest that's the easiest market to break into. And then once it has some sales on Steam or Epic Game Store or whatever, then when they turn around and start porting it over to the consoles, then it's easier to say, hey, this game has had this many sales on uh, you know on Steam. This game has had this many sales, and it's, and it's a little easier to swallow for console console gamers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know then and that's that's my take on it and i and you know i'm pretty sure there's a little bit more involved behind it but a lot of times these indie games like you, you there's a there's a there's a scheme to it like you, and you know ultimately Hades found a good home on 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 the um on the switch i'll say that much uh the game i'm looking forward to next week foregone is going to have a wonderful game a wonderful home on my switch <laughs> cuz i'm getting I that soon- <laughs> I still need to look at the trailer for Foregone. I, I, why do I keep forgetting how that oh game looks? I'm God. like, I'm I'm about to throw it into the chat right now. Jeez, come on, man. <laughs> I, I I apologize because like like everything that everybody throws in the chat, uh, everything that people like when Jesse's throw out a game, when you throw out a game, when Logan, like I'm like, oh, why do I? I'm like, why well, have not seen this? Why no one tell me about it? And you know me, I'll go get it in a heartbeat. Speaking I would try of, it out. So. Go ahead, Jesse. Speaking of, uh, like, so what have your guys' thoughts been on uh, Watch Dogs uh, Legends after Legion. these new, yeah, Legions after these recent uh, um, trailers that got released? I'm still, I'm still a little lukewarm to it. I'm not. I'm not saying I won't. I'm not saying I yeah. won't play it because uh, yeah. I, 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 as as an IP, like I do like the uh, Watch Dogs. I haven't played. I haven't played the second one yet. I did grab the. Um, I did grab the free version. Actually, I got both the free versions that uh, that was given out on on EGS as well as um yeah. as well as uh, UPlay. But I haven't. Yeah. I haven't actually. I haven't actually installed and played it yet. But I do. I did like it. And you know, everyone. Everyone talks crap about the first Watch Dogs game because I guess the character wasn't all that relatable and stuff. But I actually loved eight. Eight uh, was Aiden Pierce. Or Adrian Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Eight, uh, I eight. love that character. <laughs> it was, yeah. The, See, that's the, the thing the, with the, the controversy with the first, with... the first games. I. I was, you know, like, I didn't really care too much about the stories as I was more interested in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Whereas with these, with the, these new, this new game, I'm actually more interested in the story than I, uh, you know, than I am the gameplay after seeing mm-hmm. these uh, last trailers. Like, I'm just curious, like, what exactly is going on? I mean, we kind of know what's going on from that that trailer, but at the same time, we really, we really don't. And and so I'm just, 
I'm curious. I'm okay. more curious now about I'm, what's what this I, game is. I think I'm I'm going to pick up and I'm I'm going to buy it and I'm going to play it. Uh, I don't really have any like thoughts on it because Watch Dogs Two was better than one. It was something about the characters and the gameplay in Watch Dogs Two was better. I know the controversy with Watch Dogs One is like it didn't look what they presented and that's that yeah. Ubisoft yeah, that, kind of that, problem thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that I mean, I have Watch Dogs one on PS4. I have two on Xbox, and I'm gonna get three on Xbox. Um, I, I just don't have no. I'll be, I, I'll be getting. I'll be getting three for for, for free when uh, my RTX 3080 comes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's it's, bun- it's bundled um, with the Nvidia cards. <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. Um, I think I'm a. I think I'm gonna do it for a review. Uh, cause it, the premise is interesting. I like how what they're doing with it. Um, I'm. Ch- it's just not like catching on to me for some reason. Like any other games. Like it. Okay, so this is gonna sound contradicting, but yes, I will. If if that game in Cyberpunk had dropped, I wouldn't even touch Watch Dogs Legions. Cyberpunk was an automatic yes. Yeah. If they both dropped at the same day. Um. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'm gonna pick it up when it comes out. I'm gonna give it a go and try to play it all the way through. It's just something about it's not speaking to me. I like the I like what they've been showing. That's not actual gameplay. I'm assuming. Uh, but like playing it, I I feel like that old Ubisoft open world gameplay is gonna come into play, and it might get a little bit boring and stale mm-hmm. if they don't really change it up. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm and I, I still for some other reason I have when I think of open world games of crime open world games I should say sandbox games you have to have the mentality of being on the level of sleeping dogs anything below that really doesn't hold up justice to me when it comes to open world games Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn are completely different games because those games are like perfect in their own sense like they don't need to be touched um uh but like I'm going to be like mm, I'll see when that game comes. Yeah, out. there is there is actual uh, gameplay of Watch Dogs out because mm-hmm. pe- there's people have had it early already and been playing it. Playing it, okay. Yeah, um, so like I think that's part of the the thing too is I I've also heard some people talk about you know talk a little bit about it as well, which has helped uh, get an un- under understanding of like uh, you know more about that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I, I suggest like just checking out some of the uh, the actual gameplay because there was gameplay footage in those those trailers, but um, mm-hmm. it was more you know how they kind of splice and do the whole actiony kind of feel for the for the trailer. But yeah, there there is there is gameplay out there, people playing and, it and, and stuff. So Jesse, when we were talking about Call of Duty, and then we'll we're in the show. Um when we were talking about Call of Duty and about the layout about it, I'm like, I love when you mentioned it to say that I hope the story is strong like uh Modern mm-hmm. Warfare because Modern Warfare story yeah. is good. That game yeah, that's good. the other that, game that I want to go back and play over yeah, again and stream because that is such a good oh my god, is that such a I, good I, campaign. I, I, the only level that I did not like in that game was that stealth level where you had to be in a green and sneak around. I didn't like that for some reason. See, I, I liked it. that. I loved it. You want to know oh, what the action, the action in, in the action, the gameplay in the action 
just the level base in Modern Warfare was so top notch. Yeah, it was on the level of doing what Advanced Warfare did for me when I just ran through Advanced Warfare. If you have not played that game, I love that story and that gameplay. It felt really good. I'm just like, now this is the Call of Duty that I like. Modern Warfare story is like it's so good. I think the daughter when you're playing as the little girl, that level is better than what that's. Yeah, yeah, that better than the stuff one, but like when you're yeah. just level basing it and just the shooting and action in, in modern warfare is so good now i did uninstall it because that game the multiplayer was just taking up too much space well yeah you like, kind of un- you can uninstall just the multiplayer part and keep the campaign on your console yeah yeah but uh, I, but yeah that 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 part though when you're going through the uh through the um, apartment complex, clearing uh, room to room, that part it just felt so intense. You felt like you're there. Yeah, uh, but everybody, we want to know what you guys think. If you go as our like whatever console that you guys are picking up or that you all, um, we want to know what you guys think by E3. Are you going to be happy with the games that you purchased, even the games that you? Even games that came out this uh, this year that you decide to get for next year, <clears throat> uh, we want to know what you guys think. You can email the show at um, um, bossrushpodcast uh, at gmail dot com. Podcast Pro at gmail.com. I might have said it wrong, so uh, uh, um, excuse me. Um, you guys could check out Crossroads. You guys could check out Arsenal X. Um, Crossroads go live on Tuesdays. Arsenal X goes live on Sundays. Nintendo Pop Lock goes live on, live on Mondays. Each of them are around like at uh, 7.30, 8.30 p.m. So you guys could check us out. Also, check out Trash Talk, um, Boss Rush Podcast, uh, Sports show, I, I would say teaming up with Logan and Austin. You guys can check that on Wednesday. Tower Casual, which is a great episode that you guys should really check out. Their new exotics were shown. I love that sword. That okay. So before we before we end it, um, I do love the new weapons for um Destiny Two. I will say that it has such an insomniac feel to it. I was just like, who has insomniac for? Who is insomniac? Took their designs from Resistance Three <laughs> or a Resistance game that never got. May and put it into Destiny. That's how it feels. I like it. Looks really, really good. Uh, so you guys can check that out. Um, our good friend Dan, uh, his one v one is out with Celeste. So do also check that out. And of course, everybody continue to check out Boss Rush Podcast. Um, check us live on Saturdays, or if you guys cannot see us, like I said, check us out on Mondays. Um, sorry for the technical difficulties that this episode has been happening. If you guys have seen it, I apologize. You can't do nothing when the internet is acting the fool and when Skype is uh, not acting right neither. Come on, Microsoft. You got money to put in all this technology. <laughs> is, but is Jason Schreier running your internet right now? <laughs> he probably is. He's <laughs> a story about it. <laughs> but everybody, uh, where can we where can we find you, Lara? Okay, uh, you can catch me on all, on all sorts of social media at Exodus803. That's E-X-O-D-U-S-803. And that's also my uh, Twitch handle. So uh, so check me out there. Uh, I I promise you I am I am streaming. I'm just trying to redo my schedule. Yes, Jesse, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me almost everywhere as Phantom and Excess. You guys can find me on Twitter at that retro code. Check out optional opinion on SoundCloud. I just found some new theme music, so the I will be coming back with new episodes. Um, the first one 
that I'm going to do, and I'm going to see what you guys going to think about this one. So I'm gonna put it out there. Can Sony and Nintendo ever work again? Um, and it's going to be a good discussion, running uh, talking about each of their successes, and could both companies ever like get back together and make something i will be it's going to be an interesting episode um that you guys will be able to check out soon i do apologize i have been going away from doing optional opinion uh because i have made kind of bosh rush my priority in things uh and working a lot so i hope you guys could check that out uh, i believe logan is going to have a review of uh, star wars squadron up soon um so you guys could read that um and everything but everybody have a great week have a great weekend as always continue to play video games and be better one another do continue to check to see if you're registered to vote because voting is coming up and when november 3rd comes i would love to see everybody who are is able to vote post your pictures up on twitter or on facebook saying that you voted i don't care who you vote for um that decision is up to you but i really want you guys to get out there and vote we have seen the debates and we have seen what people have said and stand for so it's going to be up to us to go out there and make our voice be heard it's really important really really important with that everybody we will see you next time on boss special podcast bye everybody take bye. care and also shout out to our boss man uh cory for producing the show bye everybody <laughs>